FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 401 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and um, today on this episode we're going to talk about the end of an empire with a Y. So, honest polling type question. Is it worse than empire? We know what it is. So, empire is a bad pun on my game third or fourth level plot point of the story and this idea that that someone's gonna go blow up the sun with this weapon called the pyre and so the, the joint empire is an empire um so that's what the reality is is that better or worse than if this had come out in like 1993 and it was just spelled with a y to be cool <laughs> i don't actually know I don't actually know what the greater sin is. The uh, the bad pun or, or trying really hard. Because in a way they're kind of both trying hard. So the pun double dips on on ludicrous effort. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. Um, I do want to mention, of course, uh, before we get too far into the episode, that uh, Ten of Swords is coming out. And I have been graciously asked to um, participate in a big crossover of some other X-Men podcast. So, uh, the X of Swords crossover, Crossing Swords, which will be really fun. It's going to be, of course, yummy. Um, Homo Superior podcast, the X Reads podcast, House of X, comic book queers, and, um, and of course, the Excalibros will still be on my episodes, the Snickcast episodes, talking about some of these issues as well, so they're kind of no. <laughs> what? And I am. I'm just pooping all over this episode. Um. Anyway, it'll be really fun, and I'm looking forward to it. So definitely keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, there'll be kind of a big episode with everyone, and then we'll kind of splinter off and do our own things. But also, we'll be guesting on Homo Superior in different um, weeks. So I think I'm. I think my episode is like early November. I'd have to check the Excel. I'm very very prepared, obviously. You know what, this is what happens when you get a surprise amount of time to do the recording, and you're not totally prepared. <laughs> but anyway, I, I am excited to talk about the end of Empire. Um, Wolverine kind of went from not being in this event at all, and I wouldn't say he's a major character in any stretch, but he definitely shows up in these last several issues. So we're going to talk about the X-Men tie-in from number 11, uh, and of course, the last chapter of the Fantastic Four tie-in, that's FF23, and then Empire's actual last issue is number six, and then Wolverine is also in Aftermath and Fallout, which focuses on technically Avengers and Fantastic Four respectively, but it's really almost the whole cast of the whole event plus some in each issue. So that's kind of what's on tap. Um, so let's let's do it. Let's get there. Um, X-Men number 11 is, of course, going to be written by Jonathan Hickman, with art by Lionel Francis Yu, colors by Sonny Go, letters by VCs Clayton Cowles, designed by Tom Mueller, and the main cover is by Yu and Go, and it's a pretty good cover. It's Magneto and the X-Men kind of walking through the jungle, um, you know, going to fight the Kotati on the moon. Um... But I got the variant cover, which is by Adam Kubert and Marte Garcia, because it's really rad. It's uh, Magneto kind of coming out of a volcano on Krakoa, probably. And he's got, like, magnetic rock or shards of metal or whatever that he's, like, shooting out from himself um, with his magnetic powers. And, of course, he's in the white uniform. It it looks really, really good. Kubert did a heck of of a variant cover here, so it's really cool. Um... So we start off kind of unrelated. Uh, we have 
this, um, ooh, what are they called? Um, this is a guy from Araku, or Araku, probably. Um, the white one who looks like he's from east to west. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's, uh, he's in Krakoa. He had come, remember, and he's just kind of hanging out, and he wants the X-Men to play a game. So we get this person that I thought until I just saw the different name in the credits. I thought this was Rachel. It's someone named Loa. And then, of course, Anoli and Rockslide are also with her. Um, I guess in some pages she's kind of pinkish. I don't know. She definitely has Rachel face tattoos, but then she has a diamond on her forehead, so I, I don't know. Anyway, there's a conversation about, about them playing this game, which I'm guessing will lead into X of Swords. Um, but really, that's just the first few pages. Then we kick off into the Empire tie-in. We have Exodus uh, talking to baby Quentin Choir and some other young mutants. It's not really. It's just another kid with glasses and a mohawk. But the coloring kind of makes it look pink. So, anyway, he's telling them about their mutant savior, Magneto. And he uses the, uh, the story of Empire as, you know, one of his tales. And so... We see that the Katani are... I thought they were coming to Krakoa. It really wasn't until I read someone else's um, description of this issue that I realized this is all on the moon, where, where we left off after Vulcan went to fight them. And so anyway, Magneto, he, uh, since he's going into battle, he gets his old purple and, and blue, or purple and red uniform on, and... And basically goes and is a badass and fights uh, Katani. And he uses like satellites. He rains satellites down from heaven. Um, on the No, this this has to be Genosha. It is Genosha. So, one of, it wasn't someone else's article. I'm all over the place. It was one of the Empire issues. Talks about how Magneto and the X-Men had a big stand against the Kotati on the moon. And maybe that just wasn't depicted. But this is definitely Krakoa that they're fighting on. Unless he goes to space after. Is that what we're supposed to think here? So, a Kotati kills Toad, which, you know, he'll get resurrected, no big deal. So there's this monster. I thought they were still on Krakoa. I'm pretty sure they are, because he brings the satellite crashing down. And there's still a volcano there. So yeah, 100%. On Krakoa. Oh, but then... I guess then they go to the moon, maybe. With the team. So Wolverine, Nightcrawl... I don't know. It's, it really shouldn't be confusing. It should just be obvious that they just fought a little extra battle on Krakoa. But I swear, it's in either like Empire 6 or one of the uh, aftermath issues. They talk about Magneto and the X-Men fighting the Katati on the moon. Um, anyway, I don't know. Anyway, this, this art's pretty good. The story's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's fun to see a Magneto just kind of be badass. But, I don't know. It's an okay tie-in. I think it's strong. Like, it's well put together and strong in that access. Or, that. Lord, I just need to quit. Quit talking. Quit. I give up. No more podcasting for me. <laughs> Just kidding. I can't quit after 400. I gotta at least do a couple more. <laughs> um. But anyway, at least, I mean, at least from the uh, aspect that is put together, really, like the art's good, the color's good, the writing's pretty good. I just kind of, I don't know. I wasn't really drawn into it as much. And I was, I'm don't get me wrong. I'm still gonna give it a very solid four out of six claws. Um. If Georgie was here, he would say, you know, that he likes uh, use art better than I do, which I like it, but he likes it a lot, and he would probably give it a five. Um, but I'm sparing them the, the last of the Empire issues, so um, we'll catch up with the Excalibur soon and talk about other stuff. But anyway, uh, X-Men number 11, I'm going to give a very strong four out of six claws. So that's going to take us to Fantastic Four, number 23. This is War Games, the last Empire tie-in for the FF. Um, it is written by Dan Slott, art by Paco Medina, 
Colors by Jesus Arbatov. Letters by Mises Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Nick Bradshaw and John Rausch. And on the cover, we have Valeria and Franklin with their weapon. And then a bunch of green Kirby stuff, crackle stuff. And then in the background, Spider-Man and Wolverine are fighting the Katani. Um, it's fine. It's a fine cover. Of these three, I probably like the other two better. Um, but it's good. Alright, so we're in New York, which is literally an urban jungle. And the Kree and the Skrulls are marching through, fighting together against the Katani. And, you know... They're trying to help, but they're not really trying to help Earth. They're just trying to fight their war. And so there's a lot of humans that are like, whoa, no one's like looking out for us. And then the Fantastic Four show, which would be Wolverine, Spider-Man, and the two kids. And one of the, the tree people is like, that's not the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and Wolverine says, who cares what you think when I'm done? You look like a pile of mulch. And Spider-Man's like, don't look at me. I'm all thwip, thwip. And he's the one who's all snick snick, which I thought was pretty great. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Wolverine Spider-Man fights some plants. The kids come down. They're looking for the kids. They were safe charge. Um, and no one's seen them, but they have seen the Priest of the Palma. And they went that way. So our X-Men go to an Alchemax... No, sorry, X-Men. Our Fantastic Four, Wolverine, and Spider-Man go to an Alchemax building, which used to be a Parker's Industry building. So Spider-Man's like, huh, my, my, my friend Peter Parker used to own this building. <laughs> and, um, of course, Dan Slott wrote all that as well. But yeah, so they there was something stolen. And Valeria's like, oh, why would they still got it? Okay, this is what they're going to do. And so then we go to this other temple, and they have, like, almost an amber encasing around, um, not Joel, um, oh, what are their names? Joven and Nicola. And so basically they're, they're trying to amplify, right, so the, the story on these two kids is they're, like, living chronicles of, Cree and scroll history, respectively. So the idea is to take this weapon and amplify all these memories and like beam them into the Alliance warriors so they can relive all the past wars and realize they hate each other and therefore not unify against the Katati. And so they're doing a test run and it's kind of working, right? Some of them start falling against each other but then Nicola wakes up and tricks Alicia and Eleni to leave the hospital room um, with her shape-shifting. And then, you know, we kind of get a check-in. Wolverine tries to comfort Franklin. Um, he's, you know, feeling like he's not doing a very good job. And, um, so, yeah, so they do that. Uh, Wolverine smells uh, Nicola, like gets her scent, and is going to track her. And so they do. Um... And right when the priests are about to blow up the boy, Nicola shows up. They're like, aha, now we have two weapons. So they put her in the orange goo, turn it into like an amber crystal. And they're about to send their rays to everyone. And Wolverine and Spider-Man show up with the kids. And um, Wolverine's like, I, I tracked him. And Valeria's like, yeah, and I tracked him with the computer. He's like, Darwin, let me have this. Um, so they, they go in. They go in fighting. Uh, they're going to try to save the kids as they beam out these these bad histories. So the alliance is starting to break up. Uh, Wolverine goes after the priest who tells them it can't be stopped. So then the kids appeal to the kids and say, you know, remember when we rescued you you know, you felt like you were, were only warriors and had to fight each other and you were forced. Um, remember how you got out of it by working together and working with us. You don't have to be trapped by your past. Look to the future. And this isn't history. This isn't your story. You decide the final chapter. And so they kind of send out like this positive vibe and all the troops in the alliance that were turning on each other are suddenly like, huh, you know what? We can work together and figure this out. 
And of course, this makes uh, the Celestial Messiah really mad, because he's like, what? And it turns all his priests into, like, actual trees, like, very painfully, it looks like. Um, and yeah, so then they, they, Wolverine, like, helps cut the kids out. Um, <laughs> the call is, like, easy with the claws, because remember the first part, he accidentally stabbed her, because he saw a big tiger, and smelled scroll, and I was like, uh-oh, someone's on the attack, and he, he stabbed her. And then when he realized she was a little kid, he felt really bad. But anyway, while he's, he's slicing her out, she's like, careful with the claws. Um, but yeah, Wolverine says, you know, I owe you one, and they want to go to Disneyland. And so Wolverine says, okay, we'll go to Disneyland, and then we'll go to the other Empire books. Um, <laughs> so, art in this, really nice. Um, colors look really good. Uh, it's very expressive. Uh, nice action. This looks great. This has been a fun story. Um, you know, Swallow's Wolverine is a little kind of like almost taking the piss out of him a little bit, but it's still pretty fun. Um, and so it's okay, kind of. Um, yeah, I'm going to give uh, Fantastic Four 23 a 5 out of 6 claws. Okay. So that's going to take us to Empire number six. This is the big one. So um, this is the uh, official final chapter written by Al Ewing and Dan Swat, script by Al Ewing, uh, art by Valerio Skiddy, colors by, Mar by Marte Gracia, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, cover by Jim Chung, and J. David Ramos, and we have like someone burning, and then we have Johnny Storm like fighting some plants and Black Panther behind him. Um, it's a cool cover. Um, I almost got one of the variants and kind of wish I would have, but um, it's fine. I mean, it's a fine cover. All right, so Empire. The Kree and the Scroll have joined together to fight the Katadi. Um, you know, Hulkling is the, the Alliance Emperor. But then his grandma uh, captured him and pretended to be him and ordered the, the Pyre be sent to blow up the sun to burn out all the Katadi. But of course, it would also destroy Earth. So no one's real happy about that. So we have. Reed Richards and Tony Stark in a lab trying to figure things out. Reed's going to get like a special stretchy Iron Man suit. And then Tony's going to go try to figure out how to save the sun. Because um, it's been ignited and it's going to blow up in like six hours. Um, so yeah. And then they talk about the death flower has been planted in Wakanda. The vibranium soil makes it super powerful. Uh, Hulkling has this inhibitor mask. He's fighting his grandma. And that's all going on kind of all at the same time. Uh, Reed and Tony have a heart-to-heart. -heart. Um, Reed's worried about him. He's like, no, man, this is the same situation that brought out Iron Man. This is where I'm in my best. I'm trapped somewhere with limited supplies and tools, and i got to come up with something really genius, and that's what I'm going to do. So, you know, we'll figure this out. So then we go back uh, to New York, and we kind of get like a pretty extensive replay of the issue we just read in Fantastic Four. Like, a lot of the scripting is even the same, like the dialogue boxes, the balloons, have the same stuff. It's just the same action, you know, just by a different artist, um, and really rehash quite a bit of that issue, so I won't do it again. Um, then we go to the flagship, where the Emperor is, is starting to get a little bit going, but there's some standstill as uh, the Fantastic Four or sorry, Johnny Storm and Sue kind of butt in and Carol's there and they're like, this isn't right. Um, Y'all gotta go stop, y'all gotta go stop the sun. Uh, we can't blow it up. So, um, yeah. That's kind of what happens So after they beat the grandma. So, so Wiccan takes Carol and Johnny to the sun and basically the idea is that they'll combine the power of the accuser hammer and Johnny's flame power to draw out like the, the iron or something I don't actually know um, it's like 
think, no, I won't say fake, it could be very real. It's above my head, or fake science-y stuff, uh, that's gonna, like, basically calm the sun down in a weird way. So that's what they're gonna do. Um, then we go back to Wakanda, and the, the there's this Hulk, She-Hulk monster that's uh, fighting. Then we go back to New York, uh, where Wolverine and Spider-Man and, and the kids are are doing their thing that we just read about. And then Mantis helps Sue um, reach into the She-Hulk monster and find Jennifer, and she kind of pulls herself out. Um, and we see the whole thing with the wave of, of violence being replaced with a wave of hope from uh, Jovan and Nikayla, and so that happens. And the tide starts to turn. So the, the Alliance is getting beaten. But now they're not. She-Hulk is back. Um, Hulkling basically tricks his grandma into punching him so hard the mask falls off. Um, then uh, Black Panther fights the Katani replacing the swordsman. Uh, who's been the uh, Celestial Messiah's father figure. So that fights. Um... You know, Reed shows up. There's some more fighting. Lots of fighting. Fight, 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 fight. Uh, Captain America shows up with all the Avengers. And they want the Celestial Messiah to stand down. He kind of does. Um, more magic at the sun. And they're able to, to basically stop the sun from blowing up. Um, you know, once Hulkling gets the mask on his grandma, she can't do anything. Uh, so then, more fighting. You get lots of Thor, like a green light that was really cool. Um, but I guess, so I'm not, I haven't caught up on the last couple issues of Thor. They keep talking about his side quest. I'm guessing that's, you know, as the Herald uh, storyline that I've read a couple issues of, and I haven't. I just haven't read it all yet. Um, anyway, I guess he learned something, some power, some, like, life Gaia power from Mother Gaia. And so he does that and like supercharges the the plants or somehow. I you know, I don't actually know. Um They talked about it. I like, like supercharges or overloads the plants. Um and so really turns the tide in the favor of our heroes. Uh Black Panther takes the Star Sword, which I guess Maybe that should go to Exoswords, or Tentaswords. Maybe Black Panther should do that. Um, but he takes out uh, the Swordsman, who then threatens the, the Messiah um, to get away. But of course that doesn't work, and Panther is too quick. Uh, he stabs him, knocks him into the Death Flower, uh, which causes a bunch of power feedback. And then they capture the Celestial, celestial Messiah, of course, he's very angry, even when Mantis tries to comfort him as her son. He's like, no, Mom. And so still really angry, but the war seems to be over. All our heroes regret that they've been tricked by the Katadian originally. You know, because they were, of course, at one point the victims, and definitely played that to get the Avengers' guard down. Um, but then we see Hulkling and Wiccan in their starship, and long live the king, and that's the end. Um, so this event was maybe her long. I was actually pretty interested in it as just really like a a summer blockbuster movie, right? Just lots of action, decent plot, um, decent motivations for our our people to be fighting each other. But it's really just a lot of action, and looks cool visually. And one thing about this book for sure is Skinny and Gracia delivered on the look. I mean, it's been a great-looking book the whole time, and she was no exception. Looks fantastic. Really, really does. Looks really good. Um, and the plot's fun. I mean, it's a war, right? It's, it's sides, and the, the, the alliance is fun, as Hulkling tries to kind of maintain this fragile peace. Um, you know, we get to see our heroes in action. Um, yeah, it's just... It's not going to necessarily blow your mind... But it looks really good and it's fun, so I, you know, I actually enjoyed the last chapter. Um, you know, maybe kind of condense like three and four or four and five or three through five, maybe into like 
one issue and maybe this is like a really good four-parter. Maybe could have had a little more, I don't know. Sometimes I say that and I'm like, yeah, I think that. Sometimes I say it like trying to convince myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I had a lot of fun. I'm going to give Empire number six and Empire kind of overall, at least as the main book, uh, five out of six claws. Okay, so next up we have Empire Aftermath. So this is also written by Al Ewing, also with art by Valeria Skinny, also with colors by Marte Gracia. Uh, this time the letter is VC's Ariana Mare, and the cover is by Jim Chung and Marcelo Maiolo. And this cover is pretty cool. It's, it's like the wedding ceremony for Wiccan and Hulkling. And then we have a bunch of heroes, including Wolverine, um, kind of gathered around, like the wedding crowd. Um, yeah, it's a fine cover. Everyone looks cool. It's nice. So this kind of says, okay, well, what happens after Empire? And we see years ago on Tarnax 4, Capital of the Scroll Empire, when Galactus came to eat them, and we have Hulkling's mom and Hulkling's grandma, and they're trying to escape the fate of the planet. And this is when we find out, or, or and the Empress finds out, that her daughter hid her grandson from her and sent her through a wormhole with a nanny. So she's like, oh, so the Kree-Scroll hybrid is alive. Well, that changes everything. I think I can transport out of here. Thanks, daughter, for restoring my faith in the Scroll Empire and the future. And, oh, yeah, by the way, here's a kiss on the forehead. See you later, Burnin' Galactus Cell. And she's telling her, her grandson this, and he's like, I can't believe you let her die. Let the planet blow up with her on it. And that's just disgusting. Of course, I mean, she's in prison now with the inhibitor mask, so that's why they're having this conversation. So... Hulkling talks about, he's pretty mad at his, his special counsel for letting things get the way that they got. Um, and we find out how um, Raquel, who is the grandmother, infiltrated the Kree Empire and got to be, like, you know, high in the chain so that she could try to manipulate the Alliance her own way. And basically she tells Hulkling, you know, you have all these friends and support now. One day you're not going to. You're going to wish you'd had a stronger hand, like I'm telling you. Um, and then we go to the command deck where we have the wedding in space um, of Hulkling and Wiccan. And it's a really funny line where the priest is like, I've never done a uh, outer space, same-sex Jewish wedding before, but I hope it's not my last. Um, that's kind of funny. And then even the Kree and scroll representatives do like a little traditional thing to make the wedding ceremony all official and nice. And then they have a big party. That's where we see Wolverine. He's hanging out, having a beer with a Ghost Rider. And kind of everybody's at this party. It's uh, it's pretty uh, pretty crowded. Uh, lots of people hanging around. It's pretty, pretty fun. Um, and then, you know, we get some people arguing... Uh, Tony Stark and Captain America talk about how they can't believe they tried to stop the Young Avengers. Uh, they joke about Civil War, but then Thor comes up and like, no, 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 no. Let's have a good time, and they all give a toast to Captain Marvel, who, of course, you know, everybody wishes could be there. You know, including uh, Hulkling. He's like, man, I wish my dad would have been here. And and Wiccan's really sweet, very supportive. Like, I know he'd be proud of you. You know, it's, it's really nice, really nice scene. Then we see uh, Carol show up with her Cree sister, um, who is now the new accuser. And there's some, um, you know, she goes and bows before Hulkling and says, I don't know if I'm worthy of being an accuser. But he's like, no, 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 you are, you are. Um, you made some mistakes. Some people got hurt, but you feel really bad about that. And that means, you know, that, that remorse, that responsibility that comes with the power that's why you're worthy of this position. You know, Hulkling's actually a really, like, empathetic and good, good emperor. I mean, he has lots of good answers. He, he's not completely without... Well, not everyone gets off the hook, right? But he's, he's very fair and very uh, compassionate in his, his edicts. So, 
you know, kudos to not only the character, but the way he's being written right now is, is really nice. Um, and then Agent Brand shows up. She's mad at Carol for not bringing Alpha Flight into the loop, and she quits and says, I'm going to go do something else. Alpha Flight can't be, like, option B. And it's a really tense moment when she hits Carol, and no one's real sure what's going to go on. But then she says her, her spiel, says, you know, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, you guys all kind of just do your thing, everyone else be damned. Um, that makes her pretty upset. And after she leaves, the heroes can't 100% disagree. They realize, hey, you know, we need to, we not only kind of do our own thing sometimes, sometimes we don't even include each other, right? And then Wolverine's like, hey, X-Men, remember us? <laughs> not really, but that would have been funny. Um, so yeah, so, um, you know, Hulkling's like, all right, go back to partying. And then he has a, a nice conversation with T'Challa about what it's like to be king. Uh, Sunspot threatens to put him in his place if he ever steps out of line. Uh, the young Avengers show up and they're very happy but sad. I need to catch up. I need to actually go back and re- read all that stuff. Um, yeah, it talks about how, you know, they first came together at a wedding and now here they are at, at their wedding. And, you know, the nice symmetry that goes there. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so then um, he decides, so uh, Super Scroll offers his life uh, for his sins, and Hulkling's like, no, but you're also not going to be a super warrior anymore. You're going to go be a diplomat. That's your punishment slash redemption. So like I said, he doesn't let everybody off the hook because the Super Scroll's not real happy about this, and it kind of takes it as punishment. Um, and then he goes to this this Kree guy who, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, what's his name? I don't remember, but he's there. Anyway, the, not like a Captain Marvel replacement, basically. Um, but yeah, uh, Captain Glory is his, I think it's like, Glory or whatever, because that's how Kree names are. <laughs> um, but yeah, but, and then he he's gonna give him kind of the same type of job, but he's like, nope, I refuse. He's like, uh, you can't. And if you do, I'm gonna throw you in jail. And he's like, well, then you'll know where I am. I'm a soldier, a super soldier, maybe the best, a living weapon in your service. You can holster that weapon until you need it, but we both know you will eventually. So believe me. I'll just I'll just be in jail until you need me to fight for you again, and that's okay. Like I, yeah, kind of also like they both accept their punishment in their own way. Like Super Scroll's like, oh, this sucks, but I'll do it because I know what I did wrong. And the Kree guy, while he refuses the order, still admits his wrongdoing. He's just like, no, I'm not gonna go be something I'm not. You just put me away. It can be jail, whatever, till you need me. And then I'll be ready to serve you again and redeem myself that way. It's, it's really interesting. I don't know if neither one's like right or wrong. It's just, it's, and they were both warriors. They both kind of easily and had the same like motivation. But I thought it was really interesting the way Ewing kind of split them apart. But then we go to the future. In the year 2000. Um, and here everyone is dying and... Captain Glory is has been destroyed by something, and Hulkling is is dying and says, "Oh, I should have listened." Um, and then Agent Brand shows up with her new team, which looks like it might have Gate, uh, not Gateway Eden, in it. And maybe is that a battle of the Adam character in the with the cloak and the hood and the swords? I don't know. But anyway, she says, "Well, I'm gonna come save your ass." But I'm not doing Alpha Flight. I did something better. By the way, her design looks really cool. And the reason I think there may be some X-Men involved is because she has an X with a circle on her chest. And her her costume also makes an X across the chest. So it doesn't look like it's necessarily still sword. And it's definitely not Alpha Flight because she says that. But there could be some mutants involved. Or, I don't know. I don't know. When it says the end of Empire and the start of what comes next. So I really, really, first of all, a beautiful book. Again, the art and colors are just wonderful, wonderful. Um, 
I've really enjoyed kind of the celebratory, like, you know, the the party at the Ewok village at the end of Return of the Jedi. Like, it felt very much like that, and in a good way. And I really like the way Ewing brings Hulkling around to, you know, being more than just like a figurehead or a poster to unite the Empire, an actual ruler, and a ruler with justice and compassion and empathy and, and everything we kind of don't have right now. <laughs> um, and that, you know, that you wish you did have in a leader, like, it's like I said, he doesn't, he doesn't shy away from responsibility. He knows that some of these people need to be held accountable for things, and he doesn't. But he doesn't in a way that, I don't know, it's just really, it just really works for me made me really like the like the character even more than I already did. And you know, I, I will say, having not read a whole lot of Young Avengers stuff previously, you know, I will correct that. But um not like really, really tied into these characters as far as Hulkling and Wicked go, but if anything I know some it's weird, right? Because I know there were some fans, um, you know, at Scalbros included who I actually, I need to ask him when we record again, or just some other time, because I don't know, and they still feel like this is what happened. I know they're really worried with how Empire is going to treat Hulkling and Wicked, because they're both really big fans of both characters, and I actually think they came out pretty good, personally. Um, I would definitely be interested to hear what longtime fans of the characters feel, but I, I feel like they both, I mean... Maybe Wiccan could have had a little more to do, so I, I could understand that complaint if that is if that was made. But Hulkling was pretty involved, and he's really... I don't know. I've said it enough, so I'll quit. But just really enjoy kind of his personality, his leadership style, how he's going... Kind of the emperor he shows he's going to try to be. It's, just, it's inspiring. So, I'm actually going to give this issue six out of six claws for Empire Aftermath. Alright, well that's going to take us to Fallout. Um, so Fallout is written by Dan Slott. So our team kind of split up, right? Slott and Ewing were the two architects of Empire. Um, Ewing takes the Avengers side at the end, and Slott takes the Fantastic Four piece. But again, almost everyone's in both of these books. <laughs> um, the art is by Sean Isaacs. Colors by Marcio Menez. Or Manai, I don't know how you say that. Normally I see Menez as like M E N E Z. This is M E N Y Z. I don't know if that makes it pronounced. I mean, I'm sure it does. It almost has to be, right? Um, but anyway, uh, good color work. So, Marcio, however you say your name, yeah, a very good job. Um, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, and the cover is by R B Silva and David Curiel. And the cover is pretty cool. So we have like the unseen. Right, with his chains on the moon, and inside his silhouette is the Fantastic Four, including the four kids. So, uh, Franklin, Valeria, um, Joe, Van, and Nicole. Um, Reed is rocking a really thick beard in this one. Anyways, it's a pretty cool cover. So, we start off on the moon in the ancient Kree city. Where all the Katani have been rounded up. And that's where they talk about um, Magneto. Well, maybe not. Maybe it's not this page. But I'm pretty sure it's this issue. Because they're on the moon. And then, um, so the Unseen is watching, right? He, that's what he does now, right? And so he's watching history unfold. Uh, Spider-Man and Wolverine, they're done with Disneyland. And they showed up to the moon with the four kids. Um... Spider-Man's like, oh, cool, on the moon. Wolverine's like, shut up, you're making us look lame. <laughs> um, there's a couple other times where they're talking and Wolverine's like, I don't know him. Um, so it's pretty cool. And of course, the, the Cree, uh, Joe Venn and Nicole are very excited to be actually living, you know, alive in this place where they had, you know, experienced through their collective memories, through their collective histories, um, it's a pretty, pretty big, important place, this blue area of the moon. And then they meet the emperor, they bow down. Of course, he's still very humble. He's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. just call me Teddy. Um, 
uh, the, the Fantastic Forkins reunite with their parents. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then Wolverine smells something. And he pops his claws and throws like, hold, hold, hold. That's the unseen. He took the Watcher's place. He's just hanging out. Wolverine's like, wasn't that bad, though, that he's watching us right now? Or is it just because we're at his house? <laughs> Which is a good point. And Thor's like, oh, maybe some of both. So then, uh, Captain America, Reed Richards, and Tony Stark are questioning the Celestial Messiah about the weapons he used. Because they're not Kree, they're not Scroll, they're not Katani. And he says, Aha! I'm never telling you! I'll never tell you! <laughs> so Reed calls someone to check it out. It's the Profiteer, the galaxy's most uh, infamous expert arms dealer and she's traditionally supplied weapons to both the Kree and the scroll and so Reed says I want you to check these out she's like ooh really and she's like well if anyone can figure out where they came from it's me and but I'll name my price later uh, ta ta scootle doo so then Thor's gonna take the Katani somewhere but he lets the messiah go he leaps at Thor but soon captures him in a force field bubble and then soon Thor and Franklin warp uh, the Messiah and all the, I guess all or most, at least all in the army. Well, no, don't know if it's all the Katani like in existence everywhere, but at least uh, Celestial Messiah's forces takes him to a barren planet. He's really, really mad. There's no plants here. And Thor says, well, no, no, no. I'm going to transfer my gift from Mother Gaia into this planet and makes this like really lush, like, Eden-esque planet and he's like whoa you did that for us and so he's kind of like happy again our heroes being heroic it's really nice um because instead of like imprisoning the Katani or, or even worse like killing them or slaughtering them or or insisting on fighting yeah and they exile because even uh the messiah's like I don't recognize any of these stars they don't take us forever to have the technology to get off this planet. So I was like, I know. Like, you're stuck here. <laughs> but I wanted to make it as pleasant for you and as good for you as possible. And was even willing to, like, like I guess he completely expunged the gift that he got from Mother Gaia into this planet to bring it, like, to life. And Franklin's like, why'd you do that? And like, it's totally worth it. That's why we're heroes, right? Like, we don't want to... We don't want to punish these guys. Yeah, they, they did wrong, and they almost destroyed the, the Earth. But hey, our allies almost destroyed the sun. So, you know, eh. <laughs> Verily, eh. <laughs> That's what, what the world would say, right? Um, so, yeah, uh, it basically says, you know, he's happy to, to depart with his power if it means, you know, kind of killing them with kindness to a degree. Then we see the remains of the, uh, the guys from... Um, I forget their name. The two, the Kree and the Scroll, who were abandoned together on the moon and were mortal enemies until they bonded together, and who first warned everyone of the the tree people coming back before our empire and all this started. So their ashes are poured on the spot on the moon. Uh, Wolverine talks about how he's been here before too, of course, referencing the death of Jean Grey, um, and the kids are like, well, "What do we do now?" Uh, I'm sorry, the the Jovin and Nicole, the, who have spent their whole life battling each other in this arena, like, what are we going to do now? Like, what's our purpose? And the thing, the thing is, like, you know what? You have the future wide open in front of you, and your purpose can now be whatever you want it to be. You get to decide your story, which is pretty cool. Now, this is a nice moment between uh, Peter Parker and Johnny Storm about their dating lives. Uh, it's pretty fun. It's a pretty nice little page. So then the profiteer has her message. And she basically says, you know what? I don't know what it is. It's too old. It's unbelievably ancient. It predates us elders. So, sorry. I mean, that's all I can give you. But that's 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 pretty valuable overall. That's good information, you know. Um, and so my, my payment that we discussed is I'm going to take... The, bat, the crystal batteries for this weapon. And I'm going to take the children you took from me back. Because remember, in the, I guess the Zero issue of Fantastic Four, 
is when they rescued the Kree and the Scroll Kid from the Profiteer on her gambling world. And she's like, I'm taking them back! And all our heroes bristle. Like, everyone. Like, Reed's like, nope. Things like, nope. Torch is like, Spidey? And he's like, just say when and we'll fight. And Wolverine's like, touch them and die. And she's like, no. You cannot have them. And she's like, actually, I have a contract from the Kree and the Scroll. Both empires. I don't, you're right, I don't own these kids. But they are my soldiers. They belong to my army. I used them to fight. That's what I wanted to do. But I, if I don't do that, I can do something else. But they're mine. They're my soldiers. They are contracted to work for me. And both kids are like, we really don't want to go. We really don't want to go. And the Avengers are like, you know what? Screw this. Avengers assemble. And they're going to they're gonna fight both the Profiteer and the, the Scrolls and the Kree because they don't want to break their contract and lose their weapons. So they're going to support the Profiteer uh, turn against the heroes. But then Hulkling's like, you know what, I, wait, I'm the boss of all you guys. And he takes the contract and goes, you know, it's funny, with a, with a yoink uh, sound effect. He goes, you know what, you're right. This contract is completely legitimate. Both the Scroll and the Kree Empire's signed off on it. That these kids belong to you, they're conscripted to you, uh, you know, to use as you see fit. Oh, but, wait a second. Forgot something real fast. Uh, there is no more Kree Empire. There is no more Scroll Empire. There is only the Alliance Empire. And, we didn't sign this. And you know what? I don't think we need your weapons after all. And he rips up the, or breaks the, the tablet with the contract. And it's funny, he goes, the Empire's under new management. Mine! I'll be taking my business elsewhere. And he, he rips up, again, he's so great in this, the end of this story. Um, really is just a true hero. Um, so yeah, so the Profiteer skedaddles. Uh, the Kree and the Scroll armies also kind of seem to skedaddle. And they got to decide what to do with the kids. And the Fantastic Four offer to take them home. And hopefully he's like, yes, by royal decree. You may have them. And Reed's like, great. He's like, no, not you. And he points to Ben and Alicia. And asks if, he'll, if they'll adopt the, the kids. And they're like, well, yeah. And everyone's really happy um, about that. And that's kind of where the, the story ends. At least that's what we think. And then, so I've been really enjoying this issue up to this part. But then we get to this weird part where everyone leaves. There's just these crates of these ancient weapons that are so mysterious and so effective just sitting on the surface of the moon. Which seems really lame. But anyway, the Unseen goes and gets home. He's like, well, maybe I can figure out where you came from. Like, no, 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 and something happens. I don't, it's really kind of hard to figure out. But out of the unseen comes Yatu, Yuatu, the Watcher. And he only, of course, he's missing an eye, and he says, There will be a reckoning. Sorry, there shall be a reckoning. So, yeah. Um, I was actually really enjoying this all the way until the last little bit. And I, I don't mind that Watu is coming back. I don't mind that he's mad that, you know, he got killed during that thing, Original Sin, which <laughs> not really necessarily excited to have callbacks of that at this moment, but, um, you know, it's cool. Uh, he's, he's back. He is pissed. That's all fine. I really don't understand what our hero, all of our heroes, like everyone, just left the crates and weapons just kind of sitting on the moon. And this is like intergalactic Marvel Universe. This isn't like, oh, well, we're the only people that can fly, like, in, like you know, in real life Earth, so it's pretty safe up here, because it's not. I mean, people go to the moon all the time in the Marvel 616. So it's just, I don't know. It really kind of bothers me. And it's not even explained, like, oh, well, we're going to leave them here with the Unseen, so he can check it out, or at his base, and he can put it inside. It's just, I don't know. It's weird. And they also don't really explain why or how 
The unseen trying to look at the weapons makes Watu's essence come out of him, out of his eye, his good eye. I don't know. It's weird. It's enough to say I'm going to give this five out of six claws instead of six, I think. And really, it's like, what? What happened here? Um, but the art's really good. Um, color's really good. It's very, it's very heartfelt. Lots of nice moments. Lots of friendship. It's a, it's a good happy ending to this story. But not in too cheesy of a way, I didn't think. Some of you, I mean, it's fine. If you thought it was cheesy, I think that's not an illegitimate opinion. But I, just, I really enjoyed Empire overall. A lot of fun. I kind of like where everyone kind of settled down at the end and just just really enjoyed it overall so yeah that's going to do it for episode 401 hope you enjoyed it uh next up we're going to do do a little more clearing of the runway for ten of swords uh get some stuff out of the way and i'm trying to get back to the flashback episodes i know i was doing really good with those during the first part of quarantine and I just I have some specific things I want to do and try to get it all like scheduled out and ordered in a way where I can also do some other stuff I need to do. <laughs> if that makes sense. But I'm not not abandoning the flashbacks. We'll get back to them soon. Um, so yeah. Uh, again, and let me not botch it this time. Uh, Crossing Swords is the Ten of Swords crossover I'll be participating in. Uh, the Homo Superior podcast was kind enough to kind of put it together and organize it. Uh, great guys there. But it'll also be, you know, in addition to myself and the Excalibros on my episodes, uh, will also be um, the X Reads podcast, the House of X, the comic book queers, and of course Homo Superior themselves. So, looking very much forward to participating in that, listening to the other episodes, and, you know, and getting to do my part as well should be a lot of fun um that's gonna do it so as always for the podcast that goes snicked you can like the facebook page twitter is at snickcast please everyone stay safe stay well uh be good out there be kind please um not not a lot going around on that right now at least doesn't feel like it if you watch the news too much but um anyway uh be good to each other be safe and Take care of yourselves until next time. So until then, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked.